Hi, and welcome to Reverse Sequels. My name is Ellie, and with me, as always, is... Patrick. And on today's podcast, we are talking The Purge Anarchy, Part 2, where we discuss the original The Purge. That's right. So the original Purge, much like its sequel, takes place in a future world where all crime, including murder, is legal for one night. And this first installment in the franchise focuses on the Sandin family and their experience trying to survive the night as all sorts of people are sneaking into their house, breaking into their house, trying to murder them. Should we start with what we got right? (laughs) This was one of my biggest rights of all time. I'm so excited. I thought we would focus on one family, and we do. Yeah. There's like a father... Wife, well, you know what a family is. I don't know why I'm getting into that, but I don't know. Just it's exactly what I pictured in my mind that it would be one family. I did think that they would have to leave the house, and it's more, it's like a home invasion thriller. It's like panic room almost, but I knew it would be about one family. I rule. That's my biggest right of the podcast so far. I don't know. I feel like I didn't predict fully enough. I did predict one lead male, one female protagonist, both in action roles. I think the heads of this household fulfilled that role because the husband and wife were both equally defending the family. The husband a little more so. I predicted more of a Taken-esque vibe, and the only thing I got right there is there's one scene where the daughter's hiding under her bed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the daughter was in peril because of a boy. That's kind Uh, of, you know, something. But I don't, that's, no. All right. But um, also we predicted that there would be a lot of plot driven by the news stories in the background. Yeah, and we predicted that the world would already exist and that we would be given an intro to the world and that we would kind of be giving we would kind of be given snippets from newsreels from conversation about what the purge is but as for rights that's all i got the rest is wrong i think one big right though you got is that you said it would really focus on the mundane to start off with and i think it does take a long time for us to get into the purge maybe not that's true in the same way you thought it would be but like it's we're walking around the neighborhood we're seeing a guy walk his dog we're seeing people talk to the neighbors we have a family dinner where they're talking about their day like very very mundane until like shit gets crazy so Um, that was right okay i'll take that for sure (laughs) anything else that you got right well, so I, when you had suggested it would be like Taken, I said, but I don't think it'll be like a special forces dad. I thought it would be a normal guy yeah. trying to protect his family, trying to survive. And the dad is definitely, he's just a normal salesman and he does have a huge gun collection, but I guess you'd have to in this world. And But he's a very normal guy and he's going through killing bad guys. That, I think, though, is all I got right. <laughs> I was wrong about a lot of stuff. Well, I think our biggest wrong is... This whole movie takes place indoors in one house. Yeah. So I predicted a world where it would be outdoors. Everything was inside. So that eliminated a lot of my predictions for me. So I, just by the sheer fact of the setting, I was wiped out. (laughs) You're out. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I didn't predict it would be like that. We were also wrong. I think we said, like, we thought this one would be more violent. I don't think it was really. It's... 
It was, I don't even know if I'd call it a horror movie. Wait, it was, this one? Yeah, I don't think it was more violent. I, okay, Do you? I don't know that it was more violent, so that's another wrong, but it is definitely a horror movie. I thought See, it I, more of a thriller. Really? I don't know. I guess when I think of a horror movie, I think of certain, I don't know, like jump scares and, and a certain level of like... Terror? You don't think people coming into your home on the one night when everyone can murder is terrifying? But it's more of a thriller. Like, is Panic Room with Jodie Foster a horror movie? I don't think so. I don't know. I, th- I, don't, I don't know. This was more like an action thriller. I don't think it had like enough traditional horror elements although there were some with like the creepy son and his little weird doll and the mask and then there's a girl on a swing in a white dress yeah there were a couple things like that but i don't know not enough to make it like a true horror movie um you keep mentioning panic room i wondered this whole movie why doesn't this family have a panic room if you're gonna have a house locked down during the purge where's your panic room uh great question yeah they definitely should have a panic room but I don't know. I mean, maybe it wouldn't have mattered. Maybe the people would have been able to get in. If they've got the barricade-busting tech, they would have got into the panic room, too. But definitely people should have been better prepared for people trying to get into their home. Well, this is still new, I guess, to The Purge. We find it's out a lot new, yeah. about home security in this one. Definitely. Well, yeah, the main character sells home security systems for The Purge. And is rich as a result. Yeah, uh, but then later on, he's like, they're mostly like a deterrent. They look good. But if somebody actually tries to break in, they're going to be able to get in. Yeah. He says nothing is impenetrable, which yeah. is like when people put those neighborhood watch signs in their windows, <laughs> but they're not really part of the neighborhood watch. Yeah. It's just a deterrent. Yeah. Um, another big thing I got wrong. I really thought that there were not going to be the same kind of big issues like there were in the sequel about, you know, class and race and the government and that kind of thing. Oh, man, there sure were. Like, it yeah. was very much like a like an allegorical film. Like Right, by eliminating the poor, you're unburdening the economy. At one point, the dad, when he's saying nothing is impenetrable, he also says, this isn't supposed to happen in our neighborhood. Yeah, I mean, that stuff is great. They live in this gated community, this very rich, very, like, you know, almost all white neighborhood. So I like... I thought it was so interesting that the whole kind of plot of the movie kicks into gear when the son opens up their room and lets in this man who's on the run who's a black man. Yeah. And I think it preys almost on like audience anticipation because we don't know, is this a good guy? Is this a bad guy? Right. They're letting in a homeless black man into their house. He's being hunted by rich white people. Like there's so many race issues in this movie that I thought was deep. Not just race, race and class. It gets into every level, even among some of the social classes themselves too, because Later, we come to find out the neighbors are just jealous because the mansion that this family lives in is bigger than their mansions. Yeah, they just got an, uh, they just added a new wing onto the house and they're like, oh, that's, you know, because you sold us our security system. So, like, we paid for that. Yeah, there's jealousy and so, like keeping up with the Joneses stuff. And, yeah. like, the whole suburban neighborhood is very Stepford Wives. It's very like, and then they talk about how, when the rich guys, you know, are are hunting the guy, they talk about that we're hunting non-contributing members of society. Right. And so who's making that determination? We got to talk about the hunters who try to break in are all like prep school kids yeah. who come from 
elite family. They even say that. He's like, we're all very well-educated, but you know, well it's off. our right to purge. Mm-hmm. So fascinating. Oh, and then the big thing that I got wrong is I thought the end would be the father killing the main like leader of the gang. And there is a main leader of the gang, and I so thought I was going to be right about this, but no, it's the opposite. The dad gets killed. Yeah, which... I thought there was still going to be a redemption there, and he was going to be mortally wounded, but the buzzer would go off. No, he straight up dies. Yeah, main character dead. But not before defending his family in an amazing way. He kills at least six or seven people. Oh, yeah. He turns into a badass, for sure. Um, With a weapon that looked amazing. It was like a weird shotgun, like a super soaker where you pump it. <laughs> yeah, it was some kind of weird pump shotgun. It looked awesome. All right. Anything else that we got wrong? For me, it was mainly the whole plot, except that it was a family with a man and a woman. <laughs> oh, all right. Here's a little thing that I got wrong. I said there would be no characters from the second one in the first one. I thought it was going to be totally different plot, totally different characters. Okay. There is actually one recurring character. The guy that they let in, he's just building this one as Bloody Stranger. The guy, the black guy that they let into the house is in the second one, he's Carmelo's like right-hand man. So when they oh. all show up to save everybody at that rich people auction, the bloody stranger is actually there. So there's one recurring character. Okay. He's actually apparently the only one who appears in all the Purge movies. That's interesting. I, I I'm know. glad he survived. And he gets a name eventually in the third one. That's crazy. Oh, he does? Yeah. Do not he's not just bloody stranger. Dante something. Oh, okay. So when we watch the third one. I know. I can't wait. (laughs) Let's get into Never Could Have Predicted. All right. Well, it starts out in 2022. Purge Anarchy starts out in 2023. So this is like what we accurately said. Oh, yeah. There's a right right before. Yeah. Right we got. Yeah. Here's the thing, though, I never could have predicted. It says unemployment is 1%. In 2023, it's 5%. I think they say less than 5%. But it went up. It definitely had to go up because you don't say less than 5 if it's still at 1. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of like a funny little yeah. addition. But some of the craziest never could have predicted we see right in the head billing. I was going to say, the cast for me, I thought that these were like low budget horror movies with nobody casts. Like I didn't recognize any of the people in the second one except for Michael K. Williams who had a small part. Yeah. I thought nobody would be in this one. And it's two huge actors. Yeah. So first we get Ethan Hawke as the father of the movie. Yeah. What? I had no idea. And the mother is played by Lena Headley. Cersei from Game of Thrones. Herself. What? Being not evil. It's so hard to get used to seeing her like well, a it's normal so housewife. crazy because a lot of these characters have to straddle the line between evil. They have to make a lot of moral decisions in this oh, one night. Oh, man. We'll get to that. But I thought Ethan Hawke was great. I like Ethan Hawke. I think he's a good actor. And he did a really good job of being kind of this... Smug security salesman who yeah, feels he's proud like a of what cocky he did. Salesman, but then you he's know the father. He's protective of his family. He's trying to have like a nice family dinner. He has a teenage daughter and a little kooky gizmo Weird, creepy son. son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I thought they both did a great job too. Of they're supposed to be like members of this society that kind of believe in the purge, like they support the purge. There's a thing that you can do: you put out flowers outside your house yes. to like show that you're a supporter of the purge. They call them blue batizias. So they're like really like you know trying to be upstanding members of society, like or at least what that means in this world. And so I thought he did a really good job, both him and Cersei, of like the struggle with 
is this is what our whole society is based on, but is it wrong? Is it like morally wrong? Um, these are questions we need to be asking in modern day society. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, absolutely. Just because things are doesn't mean they should be the way they are. And the one thing that I thought was interesting, two things with that. Do you think they're putting out the flowers because they really believe or because they think it's a deterrent to keep people away? It's just a safety measure, like a precaution. No, I think that they really did believe. I think that they, but like, I don't know. There was a part for me that I thought was really interesting. It was like kind of a throwaway line, but I thought it was so important for their characters is Ethan Hawke is shopping for a boat and he's like, can you believe it? 10 years ago, we could barely pay the rent and now we're looking for boats. So I think a big part of this is like, they are newly rich yeah, and they're like, they strived so hard to get to this point in society and like they're trying to do whatever they can to like hold on to that. They want to fit in. They want to support the purge. They want to support the government because like you know everything is working out for them. So yeah. like why wouldn't they support the system? Because they're benefiting from the system. So they want to buy in. But I think the fact that they're like nouveau riche is important because they still have like humanity inside. Yeah. So eventually when they decide to help out their fellow man rather than support the purge, it like makes sense. Like, okay, they haven't always been rich, you know, whereas their neighbors are, I think, like come for money and the other purgers are like these prep school assholes. You know what I mean? Does this make any sense? Yeah. Am I crazy? But I I got that impression, but I got the impression they were divided. I think even Hawk's character buys into it more than his wife. I think so too, but because he's so proud to be the salesman and yeah. to be providing and to like, he was the number one in his region or whatever. Like, you know, you get caught up in that corporate America right. bullshit. Which is what this movie, just like the last one, it's a commentary on American society. Absolutely. And he's drank all the like society Kool-Aid. Completely. And I think she hasn't as much, you know, but probably because, you know, I don't know if she has a job, but we see her doing a lot of more traditional homemaker stuff, like being in the kitchen and like making the dinner for everybody when he comes home from work. So right. Having to deal with the neighbors and their gossipy bullshit. Right. This is like the whole like make America great again vision. Oh, my God. Come to life. Yeah. S- going so, back to so is. this yeah. old society. So I think obviously it's going to be a little bit harder for him to give it up because he's benefiting more from it. Yeah. But uh, but ultimately he does. So he's got, just like in the second one, he's got a great character arc. I think like, I think these are good movies. I think these I think are great like, movies. Well written and like good characters. And well executed. Yeah, I think so too. I, I looked it up. They don't have great critical reviews. Which I guess, like, a lot of horror movies don't. And, like, they said that this one relied on a lot of cliches. And there kind of are a lot of right before somebody's about to get killed, they get shot by somebody. A lot of those kind of things. But that makes sense in this context because everyone's It's only one house. It's one house and it's mayhem. (laughs) And I I don't know. There's more ritual to the killing. I feel like in this context, it It makes more sense to be raising a knife (laughs) over someone's body and then get shot in that moment. I do, too. I don't know. the, the kind of clicheness of it didn't bother me. I agree. But yeah, I don't know. I just thought, like, I, we might be getting ahead of ourselves, but I just thought that the characters were so interesting. I think it's great. I don't want to get into the kids because they provide a lot of interesting characterization, too. But 
the world that they're in is similar to the one in the second one. People are saying safe night. They're putting out yeah. these decorations. Blessed be America. They say release the beast. Yeah, they mm-hmm. have this whole the new founding fathers. And we meet the two Sandin kids, Zoe and Charlie. Yeah. Zoe is their 15, 16-year-old daughter who's in love with an 18-year-old boy. She's a bit rebellious, which we almost got right. I imagined like a young daughter running out into the street. Yeah, or maybe like sneaking out to see her boyfriend. Right, but that didn't happen. Then Charlie is their younger son. Maybe he's like... 11, 12, and he's a tinkerer. He's making all these weird gizmos. Yeah, he made this creepy-ass doll that he is, like, attached to a remote-control car, and it has a camera, so he, like, drives it around the house. So weird. Well, that adds a creepy element, but the sun is kind of the moral compass in this one because when they're locking up the house for purge night, he asks his parents, point blank, why don't you guys do it? Yeah. And I thought that that was so well done to have a kid asking his parents, why aren't you participating in this? Yeah, it's so great. If this is such a great thing and if it's a, such a catharsis and you got to cleanse your soul, why don't you guys do it? And they said, we don't have a need for it, but if we did, we would. And that's where I felt the division between Ethan Hawke's character really believing in this holiday and the wife kind of looking at him like, no. I know. But see, I think it's interesting because I I think he has tricked himself into believing. He doesn't really believe it. He doesn't do it. But he's like, oh, yeah, of course we would go murder people because America wants us to. And that's the right thing to do. But no, I don't think he would until he has to defend his family. Then he kills like eight people. But then nothing that brings in a lot because he says it was worse before. So now he's defending uh, this again. I think... The makers of this movie did this to be like a gun, pro or anti-gun message. I do see some of that because there's so much, this is my right, you're interfering with my right my to purge. My government right as yeah. an American. And then, you know, when someone comes in his home, it's a different story. For sure. He's not going out there and actively seeking people, but when people come in, they cross this line. And then you ask yourself... What's the line, the moral line people cross yeah, like well, between good and evil? When we have, oh, we got so much. Because Charlie's the one who opens the door to the homeless guy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's like at least three or four like huge moral questions. Charlie lets in this homeless guy. And the homeless guy is on the run. Charlie sees him on the camera. He's screaming for help. He's bleeding. Yeah. And Charlie feels bad for him. He opens the door and lets the guy run in. Then this group of hunters show up who are like, "You, we were hunting this guy. You're harboring him for some reason. Yeah. If you don't let him out, we're going to break in and kill you all. You've interfered with our right to purge. Yeah. So I have so many questions. Do you let somebody in who's on the run in the first place? If you're the guy, because there's one point where he takes the daughter hostage. Yeah. And the dad is like, look, you're going to die either way. Either they break in and kill us all, or you go out there and you can save save my my family. family And go out there and die like a man, he says. So if you're the guy, knowing you're going to die anyway, do you take the family down with you? Or do you just go out there and accept your fate? Well, at one point... more question for him, too. Yeah, at one point he says, put me outside. Just put me outside. At one point he finally gets in and says, you know... Or he one at one point he finally gives in and says, you know, save your children. Yeah. So it's all these moral dilemmas. But here's my question with Charlie: In this world where there's only crime on one day, do kids 
lose all their street smarts. Like what <laughs> concept of safety and danger do they have? Like it appeals to his humanity. He sees someone yelling for help, but this is a night where everyone can murder everybody. That could be a trick. That's what I thought at first. I thought maybe it was a trick. Yeah, that's a classic trick. Mm-hmm. But I want to know, does this make people more gullible in the world or naive? I, I mean, yeah, maybe. Maybe if you have to sit them down, like as parents, you know, well, there's so many parallels with Halloween. Like they get dressed up. It's one night. So like, you know, you have to sit down and tell your kids, like, don't accept unwrapped candy. It's probably the same thing. You have to be like, don't let anybody in the house. They could be, it could be a trap. Well, what's wrong with this family that no one stays in one goddamn room <laughs> the, whole time, the whole time in this movie? Yeah. The whole night. And again, is it the question that they're just so comfortable? They're like, I'm going to go chill out in my room till this is over. Yeah. But as a family, sp- hang out together on this holiday. I don't know. All right. I got a couple questions about that. So we talked about this in the second one. Like, everybody's just out there out doing their fucking grocery shopping, like, right before the purge is about to happen. One woman's getting off work an hour before. In this one, they're all eating dinner, and they look up. It's like five minutes till the commencement, and they're like, oh, I guess we should go, you know, lock it down. Lock it down as soon as you get in the house. As soon as everybody's in, lock it down. But the thing Why is... Why would you... Push it to the limit. Why would you wait till the last second to do it? They know that people are only going to operate within the limits. Whereas we as viewers feel that panic. Right. But they fucked up because what happens is Zoe's boyfriend, who we saw earlier, he snuck in the house while they're eating dinner. So once the lockdown happens, he's locked in with the family. Right. He tells uh, Zoe, oh, I'm just going to go talk to your father and say it's not right that he's trying to keep us from seeing each other. Yeah, because he's 18 and she's like 15 or 16. Yeah, and the father's right. They shouldn't be together. (laughs) This guy's a piece of shit. Then he goes out. He fucking pulls a gun and shoots Ethan Hawke. Shoots at Ethan Hawke. Right, shoots at Ethan Hawke. But not before Ethan Hawke gets a shot off and ends up killing his daughter's boyfriend in the house, which I love that that storyline wrapped up, just like (laughs) in the second one where the father's like, I got to go kill myself for $100,000. They don't pursue that. I like that that's just a casualty of this night, and it's kind of like... He was introduced, we get the whole thing, and then... I do like that. They're just kind of showing you, here's the kind of crazy shit that would happen if you created this kind of world. And I like how the daughter has some wherewithal. She says, like, I'm sorry, Dad, that he tried to do that. I didn't know he was going to do that. She she wasn't like, my boyfriend. She was upset, obviously. But understood, yeah. like That was crazy. Right, so that was good. Also, if you're the boyfriend... Why don't you just stay in the room that's locked down and bang your girlfriend yeah, on he, purge night? Mid bang, like her. T- she, first of all, this girl's wearing her like Catholic schoolgirl uniform the entire time. Yeah, never changes out of it for some reason. And he's got her like blouse open, and then goes, "Wait, I can't do this. I gotta go kill your dad first. What? I, I mean, he doesn't say that, but that's what happens. I think maybe he just would feel like more of a man. I have no idea. What an idiot. And he thought she was just going to get down with him after he was just going to walk out, kill her dad, and then come back? Hey, stranger things have happened in the real world. I guess so. See, this is why if you had locked everything down as soon as you got home, he wouldn't have had a chance to sneak back in. Yeah, that's true. Oh, another thing that's weird. Like, I love all this kind of like the interesting stuff about the world. Like, when do you lock down the house? Like, those kind of details. At one point, 
they're talking about like their plans for the evening and the dad's like oh we'll go watch some purge events what are the purge events on tv are they watching people dying in In other streets yeah in the streets or is it like you know during the super bowl they'll have the puppy bowl yeah people that like puppies more than football, football they can watch it do you think they have special things that they show during the purge for people who like want to zone out, like a puppy purge? But that murder, but like, like that sounds wrong. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, like just pictures some eye of bleach. Playing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would want to watch. Yeah, are those the purge events, or are the purge events just watching people get killed? I don't know. And the dad is like, "Oh, we'll all go watch a movie together later and relax." He keeps saying, "We'll relax. We'll relax." It. I just wonder what's worse, the world we live in where there can be random violence at any time or this world where there's sanctioned violence on one day. That's what I kept coming back to. Uh, And I love that this makes me question that. uh, Yeah, I don't know. I think even if you come down on one side or the other, there's like cracks in it. Like even if you're like, okay, in this world, they do reduce crime and they do unemployment is lower. But also at the expense of the kill all the poor. So that's obviously not a good solution. But also look at the ways people can get around the rules of society. Somebody can sneak into your house and kill you as soon as you lock down. Like somebody can slash your tires and catch you. I don't think I want to see the exact statistics because I think you would still have a ton of crime. You just have it on one day instead of. Yeah. But but I bet you would save a ton of money. They do. They talk a lot about how the purge is all about money. Imagine how much money you would save in costs of police solving crimes. You don't have to yeah. solve any of these crimes. Well, it was all legal. A lot of the jobs. I mean, everyone has jobs. Ethan Hawke says we can afford protection. So you see, there's this huge division of haves and have nots. Sure. Yeah. The guys call them the haves at one point. We get another. We get another rule. During the purge, that government officials ranking 10 and above cannot be hurt. Yeah, they're immune to purging. I thought that was really interesting. Because that means, like, you can't kill the president and then the next day have chaos because you have no one in charge of the country. I guess that would make sense. Or, like, you know, what if what if the purge merged with Triple X 2 State of the Union and Willem Dafoe killed all those six government <laughs> heads above him? Right. Or what if the vice president just shot the president? Because he's like, like, I'm next. I'm in charge now. Yeah, yeah. So it makes sense that they're all immune. So I guess there are these rules against nuclear weapons and heads of state. But then those are also the haves and the people in charge and the people making decisions exactly. are making the decision to protect themselves. Oh, there's so much. See, um, here's another thing, reason why I think the purge is bad. I think it's turning everybody into complete psychopaths. If murder is legalized and it becomes normal and it's like you're so desensitized to it because there's one part where the guy, uh, the the preppy hunter guy is trying to get into the house and he's being very nice and like, hey, bring this guy out so we can kill him. It's our right, you know, as the purge. And his friend comes up and is like, you better let him out or we'll kill you, pig. Yeah. And the guy just shoots his friend right in the head like it was nothing. Yeah. And he says, that was my friend. See how many, and then the neighbors turn psycho. How many people are just total psychos now because murder is legal and accepted? So that brings up the question would people who wouldn't normally murder turn to it? Yes, I think so. On this night? I think so. Oh, so many good questions. But now, back to what we could have never predicted. Charlie opens the door. Henry, I think, is the boyfriend. He's been murdered by the father. We have all this mass mayhem. The house is locked down with the homeless guy locked in. The 
preppy kids are at the door. The girl's boyfriend has been murdered. And they're trying to capture the homeless guy to sacrifice him back outside. They end up capturing him. But then at that moment, the preps bust in the house. The homeless guy ends up helping them out. Then the neighbors come. So the neighbors start shooting, mowing down part of the preppy squad. Yeah, so, so we then, think the neighbors are there to save them. Exactly, and I wonder, like, let's say this happens on Purge Night and your ma- neighbors come to your rescue. Are you forever indebted to your neighbors? Or again, is it business as usual the next day? And you could be like, um, Swellen, your dog, you know, shed on my lawn. <laughs> or do you ne- you can never say anything because she saved your whole family one night? No, I think that this is unique. I don't think... This is happening all over the place. I think your neighbors saving you would be unique, but I don't know. Um, And then we find out the neighbors have decided to kill all the preps because they want to kill the family themselves. Yeah, they're jealous that they have all this money now and they're like, you are ours to kill. We just have this whole civilized people becoming uncivilized. But then the question is, how civilized is humanity anyway? Are we all just hanging on by a thread? (laughs) I mean, they talk about it in the beginning. They say that mankind is inherently violent and that we have to do this. It provides a nationwide catharsis. There's one woman who's kind of leading all the neighbors. She's kind of the head neighbor. And she's like, I have to do this to purge the hate from me. So oh. I think part of it is that she believes like, oh, I ex- I'm experiencing jealousy of my neighbor. I, ha- I feel all this hatred for my neighbor. The only way to get rid of it is to kill her in the purge. So I think part of it is if you buy into this concept and you buy into what everybody's telling you, the government's telling you, everything on TV. They had a doctor in the beginning saying this is good for, yeah. I mean, he's probably paid off by the government, but whatever. Everybody's telling you that this is what you're supposed to do and this is what you have to do. So I don't think she would have murdered if it wasn't for this society and this system so she's like i have hate i have to kill that's part of the how i get rid of it and just substitute hate with like gun ownership in america (laughs) i think i really think that's what this movie's hitting it so here's a question though do you think the purge is effective did it bring the sandin family closer together well not ethan ha he's dead (laughs) do you think it would bring the neighborhood closer together no what's gonna happen no i think it's past I mean, it is great that, like, there's one point where the daughter says, like, things will never be the same again. Like, they kind of touch on, I don't think you just go back to business as usual after this. Like, some things can't be undone. Or it's um, kind of like a, a self-fulfilling prophecy where once you've witnessed the purge or lost someone to the purge, you decide... That's it. Next time I'm participating. Oh, yeah. Like, it's I mean, a snowball effect. And every year they said there's record numbers of participation. Right. Well, no. I think the purge is bad. Because here's the thing. I'm anti-purge. Crime has gone down. Unemployment has gone down. But we find out it's because you're killing off all the poor. But eventually, let's say they kill off all the homeless, all the poor. Does the there's purge always, stop? No, because there's always going to be inequality in society. So now if there's no what we think of as poor, now maybe it's the rich versus the middle class. Exactly. Now, if those people are all killed, maybe it's like the good-looking rich versus ugly rich. Maybe it's, you know what I mean? They'll find some yeah. division to have in society. It's the people that live over here and not the people that live over there. Like cities will war against each other. They'll find out something. So, no, I'm anti-purge. I don't think it's a solution. Also, I don't know if I trust this government. They could be lying about unemployment rates. Who knows? This is a totalitarian, like, dictatorship. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, do you blame Charlie for this whole thing? Or do you think he had to do it? Yes. 
No, he had to do it because I think, so as we see in the second one, a revolution is starting. Carmelo is getting the people to rise up. You need people like Callie in the second one, like Charlie in this one. Who still have humanity left. Yeah, who care for their fellow man, who question the system. And who are going to rise up. So, yeah, he, I think Charlie did the right thing, even though it resulted in his father dying. Sometimes the right thing to do has negative consequences. So I think he did the right thing. Do you think the mom, Lena Headley, did the right thing by sparing her neighbors? That, to me, is the most interesting moral question oh, of the whole movie. Yes. Because everything else I think, okay, what would I do if I was Charlie? I think I would let the guy in. What would I do if I was Ethan Hawke? Would I throw the guy back out to save my family? I might. Yeah. I think I would. What if would I you was, do for the guy? If I'm the guy, I think I'd go out and realize I'm dead either way. Yeah. Let me just go out and maybe I'll try to escape when I get out. But let me not put this family in jeopardy who graciously took me in. Now, the last question is, so they stop the neighbors from murdering them. The, you know, the bloody stranger, he shows up, he saves the day. And he pulls the gun on the neighbors and tells Lena Headley, it's your call. Do you want me to kill them or not? She says, no, we're going to wait this night out in peace. And they sit down and just wait till 7 o'clock. And she is not going to kill them. At one point, the neighbor tries to grab her gun and kill her. And she just smashes her in the face and is like, no more killing. Yeah. So that's the ultimate question. Would you kill the people that are responsible for... Or who tried to kill who you. Who tried to kill you, who came in into your, your own home. home. And, oh, uh, do they just go back to being neighbors? Is she going to live in that neighborhood after this? That's the thing, yeah, you got to Are they going to move? But uh. isn't there so much shit to, like, sort out? Like, my husband's dead now. Nobody's going to investigate because it happened on purge day, so it's legal. But you got to file, like... Money and... Yeah, yeah. Insurance claims and all this. But I do think that's a really interesting question. Because, like you said, the whole movie you're asking, would I do this? How do I feel about doing this? When the preps were in the house and Ethan Hawke was on his killing rampage, I found myself in those tense moments like being like, kill him, kill him, get yeah, him. Yeah, of course. And you find yourself growing more and more bloodthirsty. I mean, when somebody Oof. threatens your family. That's the question. That's why I said it'd be like taken. But she says, stop the killing. Now these people go on and live. Do you think that they feel this overwhelming sense of gratitude and they're indebted to her so they feel cleansed and they don't go Mm. after her next purge day or it's just a vendetta that needs to get resolved next purge day. Yeah, I don't know. I think she's definitely got to move out of that neighborhood. You can't live next to people who tried to kill you. Even if they say they had a change of heart, I I wouldn't trust them. But man, that to me was the most interesting moral question. I think I would have killed them. They tried to kill me and my children. And Leah no. Headley, my God, she's begging and begging for oh, her life. Oh, that was life. a hard scene to watch. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's one really creepy scene with the preps where everyone's wearing masks, and they grab her by the hands and feet, and they start tickling her. Oh, my God. That was so creepy. Like a form of psychological torture. So creepy. But then that's when her neighbors come to the rescue, but they're only there to kill her as part of the other neighbor's party. But if they really felt like they'd be purified by doing it, but they get forgiven... Are they then purified? I, I mean, who knows with their wacky shit? But I don't know. I Even if they told me, oh my God, we're purified. This worked. We're sorry. No. The other thing is, it would have just been her call, but then she would have had the homeless guy kill them. Yeah, and it would have been on his conscience. Right. I don't know. I don't know. What would you have done? My first, Well, it's a movie, so my first instinct is to say, <laughs> kill them all. But... I would have to think about what happens after the movie's over. I guess that's true, yeah. Spare them. 
I mean, if you kill them, out. you're doing it right in front of your children. And it's something that she doesn't believe in. She's, I mean, I like that she took that stand. No more killing. I really do, too. But I don't know if it's one I would make. Do you think that the neighbor reached for the gun to kill herself? No. Or to kill Lena Headley? I think, yeah, I think to kill. Why? Kill Lena. Because she was just obsessed with killing her. I think she was obsessed with the idea that killing her would purge her hatred, and she had to do it. Mm, interesting. So many questions in these movies. What I liked, too, at the end of the movie is we got a few stats where they said, oh, Dallas was the highest turnout. (laughs) Then you hear people on the phone like calling into radio shows, and this one guy says, I lost both of my sons. This country has taken everything from me. Then we hear another news report that gun sales and security sales are through the roof. Yeah. You see that the government is creating a culture of fear, and that's what's really ruling everybody. It's not It's not so far off. Right. It's not too crazy to exactly. think. Exactly. All right. Big question time. Yes. What did you like better, the purge anarchy or the purge? Honestly, I like this whole franchise so far, but I think I'm going to have to go with the purge anarchy. Really? Yeah. Okay. Why? I don't know. I felt I like seeing what's going on outside. Mm-hmm. I like seeing the inside world versus the outside world. In this one, we only get like a wealthy community in one home with one family. I don't know. I thought it was a little crazier to see the extent of the humanity. I think it's going to stay with me a lot longer. I think it was funny. I think there were jump scares. I think it was more psychologically jarring. I think I have to go with the second one. What about you? Ah. <sighs> Tough to say. I think the first one, I mean, asked some really interesting questions, had some really interesting characters. I liked, you know, it's the first one. So it built the world. It had these ideas. But I do think the second one was better. I think I would watch that one again. I think it, you know, it took the world. It expanded upon it. It showed us what was happening outside. And I don't know. It also asked important questions. It had Sergeant just being a Badass. They created more characters. It was more colorful. It touched upon a little, you know, more of like what would happen, you know, oh, you find out that your sister's cheating, so you wait till Purge Day to kill her. Like those kind of ideas. You had said in the last podcast that it kind of reminded you of Black Mirror. Yeah. Which is like another reason I think it's annoying that this movie got bad reviews because like, oh, because it's a horror movie, it gets bad reviews. If this was a Black Mirror episode, everybody would be choosing their pants about how genius it was. But it's similar to how they take one idea, like what if everything was legal for a night, including murder, and then just branch out into what would that mean? What would happen? For the whole world. Yeah, what would be the natural repercussions of that? And I think the second one did just like a little bit better job at showing us and playing with those ideas. So I'll go with the second one by a nose. I know. It's so hard because I really did like the first one, too. Um, If anybody's listening and hasn't seen these movies, (laughs) I recommend them in any order. For sure. Um, We're going to watch three and four for for fun. fun. I I found out. Guess who's in number three? Who? Sergeant. Oh, yeah. I think that'll be great. I think it'll be exciting. It, It makes you think so many questions about the world that they've created. I really liked it. Me too. But what I will say, what movie did you prefer, the movie you predicted, or this movie? I will say the movie I predicted, only because I just don't love that it all takes place in one house. It just felt like there's more that they could have done, and it's too... I don't know. It's too, it reminds me too much. It's like a home invasion thriller, which I've seen before. And it had so much original ideas. 
it would have been better if they left the house. But I, I'm going to give it to the movie. Really? For, for sure, because I like this movie so much. I like the idea. Imagine if we watched it in order. We yes. introduced the world of The Purge. We see these people who would be the typical viewers who decide to stay at home, and then they have to defend themselves. Then the second one takes it to the streets. I think that natural progression is awesome. I don't think you could have done that with the first movie. Yeah, but I also think right. the first movie was so well done. I, I So the way that I'm splitting this is I like the second one better, but I definitely give the prediction to the first movie over, over, over anything I could have predicted. Okay. And you might be convincing me because I said there would be no like bigger issues tackled and it was straight from the jump tackling class and race. <sighs> I'm glad it wasn't just a gory me too. thriller. Me too. All right. You know what? You convinced me. Okay. I'll give it to the first. <laughs> you talked oh, me into yes. it. Yes. Oh, all right. This was a crazy ride. Great movies for Halloween. Tell them what we were watching next. The next movie we're going to watch, we're keeping with our Halloween theme. I'm really excited about this one. We're watching Fright Night 2. And then Fright Night. (laughs) Uh, Can't wait for that. Yeah, I think those will be more in the Halloween genre. Yes, I think those are more classic horror movies. So, as always, I'm Patrick. And I'm Ellie. This has been Reverse Sequels. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Once they're in, do you give them up to surely be murdered to save your own family? Who's surely be murdered? (laughs) How dare you?